Welcome back to Don't Call a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Before we get into Seven Eves, I want to do... I got to warm us up. Okay. Let, let me, well, let me first say, Seven Eves, two-thirds of the way through. We finished part two. We finished part two. Now let's get warmed up. <laughs> All right. I've got a bit of a rant, again, unrelated to Seven Eves. So... My partner and I watched the the first episode of the new show Chad yesterday. This is this is a random show. Okay, it's probably not hyped at all. I um, I'm not familiar it's like, with this. It's like a it's like one of those new scrub kid goes to high school. Oh, okay, things. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I always watch these shows. I always give them a shot. Okay, because I, I want this show. I want this type of show to be good. I'm a, I, I always want like a, a humor or like good show about some like childhood period. Okay, so I always give them a shot. Is this because you like and you like sympathize with it? I like, I just I I think there's not very many of them. I think. Yeah. Okay. All that right. are good and so like all of the shows are like all of the good shows are like a group of friends as adults mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that are funny and it's like okay well i i want i don't know i i <laughs> for some reason i always want a childhood show okay sure, and sure. They, they always like i i'm like okay this one might be good and here's the thing that that would fix all of these because they're all terrible Oh, okay. And it's all for the exact same reason. Take note. You hear that, TV producers out there? Get your pencils it's ready. Because, it's because our, our TV producers and writers are like, you know what I remember about school? Really cringy. And they just like dial that notch up to a thousand. And it's like, okay, sure. Like a lot of the humor would probably be from like the awkwardness of teens, but you don't have to take that up to absurdity levels. I'm sick. I'm sick of it. Like, give me a real, like, situation that I can sympathize with the character instead of being like, you absolute buffoon. Like, none of these cringe thingies, it's like they crammed every absurd cringe story that you can hear on the internet Mm -hmm. into, like, three a day for our main character (laughs) it's like give me like (laughs) i can't feel for this kid anymore because they're doing it every day (laughs) right like in my recollection sure i remember there was a lot of cringe but i also remember it wasn't every day guys right right i remember very detailed accounts of my cringe but i was in school i was in like middle school to high school years for a long time it's like one a year maybe (laughs) that's as much as i could take if it was more than one a year it's like time for homeschool baby i'm not going back so like i don't know it's been a while it's been like like freaks and geeks is the last safe school show for me i think that was like 2000 or something that was a long time ago my boy I, I don't know. That's what I want. That's my that's my rant for Here's now. the thing about it, though. When I think back to those years for me, like, 
if somebody made a TV show about it, it would be some cringe, less actually funny slash heartwarming moments than cringe, but overwhelmingly boring. <laughs> Just like the most banal kind of situation of all time. And like you can't make a TV show about a kid like sitting in calculus or like trying to memorize a speech for speech and debate for like a week. You you can't cuz it's just boring right. as hell. I mean it's still it's still got to be a show, so it still has to like be more absurd than real life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's just that we don't have to make every single humorous mm. event a cringe humorous event. There can be a lot of like, this guy's kind of funny. You're saying the teens remember, can actually remember be funny. this? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And if TV execs listen up, okay? Some <laughs> teens are funny. It's they're just funny. They can be. It's okay, guys. I get it if y'all weren't funny in high school. Uh, but some, some teens were funny, objectively. Like, yeah. you'd get some, the teacher laughing some sometimes? Little, you do. You, you knew do. that was fun. Some little, like, some little circumstances were funny without being wildly uncomfortable. <laughs> right, right. Granted, a lot of it was wildly uncomfortable. Also, the popular kids are cringy, too. Incredibly this is, cringy. This is the main thing, actually, now that I think <laughs> about it. Yes. We're over here making the popular kids perfect at everything. No. Come on now. Come when I look back at the popular kids now at my age, I'm like it was all cringe. It was all yeah. cringe, but like the popular kids, it was just accepted cringe. Right. They were doing it too, but it like looking back on it, as as a viewer who mm. has gone through that. Mm. Like I can, I can now see that the popular kids were doing cringe. Give them some of those. Give mm-hmm. them some. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what you do is you have to have those those moments where you, you can still have popular kids for sure, but you have to have the moments where the audience knows what they're doing is super cringe too. Exactly. Right. You have to have those moments where where maybe it flips even where the one the kids who are like the quote unquote nerds or dorks are like calling out the popular kids cringe and you as an audience member are like yeah you're right they are being super cringe right now but you know because of the dynamic there it never gets pointed out in the show but as an audience we get it as an audience we're like Mm -hmm. yeah those kids are being very cringe thank you nerds (laughs) i think yeah i think it's i think the cringe is too centralized Mm -hmm. in these shows you know what to bring us back to something that we have talked about previously I would say extensively. I think Napoleon Dynamite handles it very well. I think so. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Luke, have you seen that recently? Have you checked that out? <laughs> I, have, I have. We did it. We did an episode on it. Go check it out. It's we great. We did. We did. But specifically about popular kid cringe, I think it does it very well. Because there are certainly popular kids like Summer and Summer's boyfriend are certainly popular kids. And they are certainly cringe. And right. like, you make fun of them as the viewer. Yes. Right. Right. And I think it's just, it's just, well, it's well done. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be able to make fun of the popular kid's polo. He looks ridiculous looking back on it. 
<laughs> right. Right. Exactly. That might be that might be very a very specific time period in American life. <laughs> so I don't know. If <laughs> yeah, I think Luke might be delving into some some past for himself. So so I think it's time for us to leave this this rant before we get too deep into our our high school and middle school experiences. But speaking of not getting into high school and middle school experiences, let's talk about the end of the world, Luke. Mm-hmm. Loved it. <clears throat> Did we love it? Long section here, I just want to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. A lot happened in this part of the book. I want to start... I mean, okay. So it, generally... I think this arc is a lot about politics. That was one of the big like things that came out to me was like the political moves that were happening. And at the start mm-hmm. of this, of part two, I was so upset. I was so upset because I was like, y'all, can we not, can we not devolve into a dictatorship this quick? Like, I get Marcus kind of knows what he's doing, and there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. But, like, it was, like, day 700 of this brand new, exciting world that we had. And Marcus is like, you know what? I need to make uh, security forces and have them armed, (laughs) and my word is going to be law. And that's just how it goes. Right. Right. Realistically... Like, I, w- I would call it day, like, zero <laughs> that it happens. Because, like, th- I think that the earlier days, like, don't count mm-hmm. in terms of this being a society. Right. I think because this is so... a workplace up until day zero. Okay, this is actually such a good point, Luke. Because, yeah, you're right. It's totally a workplace up until, like, they're just, they're in communication with the ground. And the ground is kind of dictating what happens until a certain point. And then you're right. right. It totally transitions to a society for sure. Right. And I think so, day so zero. Like, day, day zero of our society, Marcus is like, I need a monopoly on violence. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's do it. The thing that I was like screaming about was he's got the like political constitutional scholar with him in the room when he's laying out these plans for dictatorship. And he's like, look, man. How does anyone have authority? And the guy, like, doesn't really give a good answer. And he's like, I'll tell you how. The king's got guards who have sharp swords. And that's how he keeps his power. And I'm like, dog, your example is literally thousands of years old. Like, do we not, have we not evolved politically from a monarchy that we can and the political guys over here like you know what i can't really argue with that it's like um (laughs) maybe power comes from i don't know consent of the governed uh maybe that's where an authority figure drives power right right if if there could possibly be a less applicable example i don't think there is one like you're in a space station (laughs) Don't use, don't use, like, medieval monarchies as your example. (laughs) Right. And it's like, none of these people are armed. 
Like, you didn't bring any guns up with you. Granted, a gun shows up later. But at the time, nobody has a gun. And... You can't fist fight either. You can't fist fight. Like, violence is at an all-time low here. Furthermore, violence is extremely discouraged because of the inherent value every single person has up there. Like, they, they refuse to kill people, even if they're doing terrible stuff because they're like, we need you. Like... You are valuable just by living. So, like, it seems like violence should be at an all-time low in this place. And we have a great opportunity to do some incredible political thinking. Meanwhile, Marcus is like, I need to consolidate power and set up a new NSA. (laughs) Just have a cool voting system or something. I don't know. You have the internet, too. It's not even like you have trouble communicating between people here. So you wouldn't be able to get their opinion on a decision like you could you could do so much direct democracy here like well also like even if you don't want to go far enough to include what what they call the archies mm -hmm. in every decision you could certainly improve your communication to them oh yeah which which i think is something that we'll get to a little bit later that kind of comes out and that the former president of the United States takes advantage of at a certain point. But I just was so mad. I was so mad at Marcus to start off this part, just like letting everything descend into a dictatorship without even really like thinking about it. Right, right. He makes moves. He makes Um, big moves. It's very much presented as him being like the adult in the room. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that's necessarily fair. Yeah, it's kind of, it's certainly patronizing because you would think they've, everybody that they have sent up has a skill set. Everybody they've sent up is, is useful in some way. And we know that because (laughs) because they didn't send up any venezuelans because they were like you guys you weren't supposed to do it all random you actually did the random thing (laughs) that dude's ugly (laughs) (laughs) right right so you know everybody that's been sent up is useful like let's get some input Let's hear, let's get a cloud consensus before we're like, also, also the complete BS of Marcus being in charge. Like, Marcus, you want to talk about how no one has any allegiances anymore to their past nations and societies? You know what would be a great way to start that whole thing off is by saying, okay, we're an autonomous collective now. Let's pick who we want to be the leader. Not... I was assigned as the leader by the United States of America, and so I will continue to be the leader of this space mission, and you will do what I say. What are we doing? The old laws are dead. New laws are vote for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, Marcus, make your case. Get some endorsements. A little campaign. Do a campaign, yeah. Maybe embezzle some funds. Having a good old corruption scandal. And then get voted in anyway. You're the incumbent. You're you're the incumbent. You're going to win this. Like, there's no way these Arkies have made a coalition in the time that 
they've been up there to vote for somebody else, they're going to be like, oh, Marcus, yeah, he's done a good job so far. Sure. Yeah, build, build a lot of goodwill and confidence. It would build so much confidence. You wouldn't have to devolve to a dictatorship like you're doing. And like, all right, giving Marcus some credit. <laughs> he's not a political guy at all. He seems to not have this skill set whatsoever. He seems just like a commander, which mm -hmm. is like fine when you had a hundred people that worked up there. Obviously, when you were the boss of a workplace. <laughs> exactly. He was the boss. He was the manager of a workforce, and it transitioned into what we what we saw kind of at the end here. I want I want to take us to a a lighthearted note. Really quickly. Oh, finally. Well, yes. I don't know if this is lighthearted, but uh, the <laughs> the end of the world yeah. <laughs> happens. Um, I just want to say some very cool moments here. The one that I found was very cool was all the people playing music in like cathedrals or like wherever music is played <laughs> uh, as the world ends. I thought that, that was very cool, very noble. It was very like Titanic sinking where you've got the musicians still playing as the Titanic is sinking and they like know they're doomed, but they're going to give, yeah, they're going to give some happiness out. I like that a lot too. Very touching moment. Good way to end the I, world. I will say when just nitpicking here, a lot of, a lot of uh, music genre erasure here. Mm -hmm. We're going classical music for all of these. Well, Luke, this actually brings me to an interesting scenario that I think certainly must have happened. The people on board the space station seem to only be interested in those channels. But if you mm. think about it, I'm sure there was other kinds of music happening because all that it would take for you to broadcast this is to feel like what you're performing is important and valuable and giving someone comfort. And so I imagine right. there was other things being broadcast as well. And one of those things that I like to I like to imagine is the one shock jock out there who is like, oh man, the world's ending. I gotta I gotta send him out in style, baby. Welcome back to 98 Rock with the dog. So it's, it's a hot one out there. Haha. <laughs> and there's like an air horn sound in the background, like burr, 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 burr. I hope so, yeah. And he's just he's yeah. just smashing monster energy drinks and talking about blazing one up with his homies. I mean, there's a lot of people that do this. You got to think that they want to go out doing what they love. Exactly. Well, and like, sure, I'll bet some of them think that it's just a job and that it's like a way to pay the bills and it's a character that they play. But there's got to be a few that are like, this matters. Like this is important mm -hmm. to the world, and this is my purpose on this earth: is to be this radio DJ who's gonna yell and come up with funny sound effects and do prank calls. Oh, can you imagine the prank calls they're doing as the world's ending, though? Oh my god, so that good. would be that would be rough to get a prank call there. Like, oh, finally, my the call to my loved one is going through. <laughs> And no, I I will say, I I don't think that I would listen to it. Oh, but no, no, nobody... that's because I have other things that take precedent. If I didn't, like that, would be something that I would enjoy listening to. It's just that I would have other priorities. Right, right. I imagine nobody is listening to this. Like 
there are people sending this out onto the airwaves for sure. No question. There are also no people out there listening to it. That is also no question. I guarantee no one is listening to it. Yeah. But uh, but I, I like to imagine that it, it's still being blasted out there for some aliens years in the future to hear and say, wow, they really could party. Good for them. D- another thing during this moment, Ivy is sending texts to her fiance and it gave me so much anxiety. Oh, yeah. Terrible, dude. It's like, can you check your phone? When she, she gets called in that meeting and it's like this is literally the death of your loved one like yeah you could you could pay a little bit more attention he, he's he's he sends like several texts in a row and then bye and then a weird picture that i don't fully understand that was so stressful to me i didn't love it if i'm being honest imagine being that guy and then he sends by and then he doesn't get a response and immediately turns into like one of the nice guys who's like, you dumb bitch. I knew you weren't just a stupid <laughs> slut. Imagine that's the last message that you get is this guy. For some reason, the end of this world flips this guy's switch where he suddenly turns into a monster. Oh, tough. <gasps> oh, it would be it would be really tough. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, it can't be that important what you're doing up there that you can't look down at your phone and be like love you too bye yeah or send like a heart emoji or something like that he's sitting by his phone like waiting for your three dots to pop up that you're typing everybody else on the ship is like dude we gotta close the hatch we have to go now he's like yeah but she's gonna respond just one second just one more and then they could have boiled stressful they could have boiled yeah, could have. They could have died while they were waiting. A lot of people taking risks. I know, I know. Dinah's family taking a lot of her dad taking a big risk out there in his <laughs> truck cooking like a toaster, <laughs> trying to get those last few Morse code Morse code digits out. Yeah, yeah. That one was touching. That one. It was very like touching. it was risky, and I don't know if he should have done done that. But lovely last few messages. Yeah, that was something that this section, I think, did super well. For me, at least, was the end of the world. Very good. Mm-hmm. Zoomed in on some key some key areas here. Very sad, I'll say. <laughs> Not great. Uh, but very well done. This is a good way to go. Uh, can we talk about the president, please? Is it okay. time? Let's do it. If you want to talk about something yeah. before we talk about the president, we can. Because we're going to be no, on the president for a while. Let's let's talk about our uh, our best friend, Julia. God, I hate this woman so fucking much. <laughs> I am so over Julia. Okay. Bef- okay. Like, instantly. As soon as we saw her in the ship, I was like, fuck you. Send her back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, oh my god and the thing that that kept like replaying in my mind is imagining the process of her actually getting up into space to get there right like they've all promised all the world leaders have promised hey we're not gonna do it okay we're not getting up there and then last minute 
she rips out of the printer a U.S. like seal that's like all smudged up and terrible and is like quickly walking towards a launch pad with her science advisor. And all the military personnel around are like, hey, uh, Julia, what are you? There's a a bunch of rocks coming down. You might want to be with your family or something. What are you doing? And she's like, don't bother me. Eventually gets into the capsule and is like radioing in because you can't launch it yourself. Radioing in, like, send me up. And they're like, "Uh, what are you doing? You said you wouldn't do this. And she's like, oh, wait, don't start it yet. Opens up the hatch, tapes the paper to the outside. Mm-hmm. And then convinces, I don't know, she has to convince people to send her up. Right. People that are like in their last moments of their lives that are like, sure. Yeah, I was going to I was going to talk to my mom, but I'll I'll help you launch. I guess I'll do these launch sequences for you who promised you wouldn't go. Also, the whole the whole like sending a bunch of random. Uh, I don't know if missiles is the right word, but. Uh, like spaceships up into this like very delicate situation seems like a poor strategy. Mm, you mean at the end when they just but, sent anything that they had? Right. They're just like, let's get, let's do it all. Here we go. It's like, okay, this was a bad idea. Maybe we should have organized this better. <laughs> or like, if you're not, if you're not perfectly set up, like don't launch, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, keyed in. But if you're, like, that close, you know, if you're like, yeah, we haven't painted it, but, like, oh, the button's right here. Okay, if if the paint is the last issue, then sure. I would I would argue the weird, weird uh, last step. Ah, we were out of but... cyan ink, and all I've got is this printed out <laughs> version of the U.S. symbol, but we need to send the U.S. up there. I just, like... This is the last hope for humanity. I don't think you take any risks. Yeah, but it's like the Venezuela thing, right? Where everybody wants their little piece to make it up, you know? And they're willing to, like, absorb that in the overall risk of the venture. They're willing to say, like, well, my thing isn't going to cause the whole thing to fall apart. But it might be, it might stick around. Maybe everybody will be watching uh, DuckTales 10,000 years from now because I sent up the DuckTales DVDs. Hmm? It's got my name and, and phone number right there. It's iconic. In case in case it's lost. Right. Right. And so like... But, okay, yes. From the start, she's the worst, and it only goes downhill from there. It... I despise her so much, Luke. I... And, and it's to the extent that I want to reevaluate what we said... At, in part one, where we were like, there's no way that this could happen now. And I think that's still true. I think there is no way we would have we would have been able to coordinate this thing nowadays. Um, but at least they made it to space, right? Like, they made it to space, and then it fell apart in a way that I could totally imagine happening. Like, mm. it falling apart is like so... It just feels so 2016. Uh, it feels so 2020 where you have like a lot of us being like, hey, we got to really pull it together and here's the facts and here's how we have to do this. And then a good chunk of, of people being like, fuck that. That's not true. I don't believe you. I'm going to do my own thing. 
And it's like, oh, we really need everybody to work together here on this big project that we're doing. Oh, you're not going to do it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It just... So I think it's it's a little bit more real. Like it became more real to me when Julia convinced a bunch of people to do some dumb shit. Like it became more real in a 2021 sense. Oh, let's say 2020 sure. sense. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm holding that hope for 2021. <laughs> right. The We talked last episode about how optimistic we thought that section was. This is like coming back to earth in terms of <laughs> in terms of the like political optimism. Right. Right. I will say still I I think overall still optimistic. The fact that they even got sure. to space. Wow. Great job, guys. That okay, yeah. That part sure. Yes, yes. I don't know if realist like I don't know if the like way that happened is necessarily the way that I would have expected it to happen or not. But mm-hmm. like I would have expected something, some kind of like societal rift to happen. Yeah, I don't know, actually. Because so there's like a big idea here about like statistics and how things are, are broken down into statistics and like averages. And that's like a discussion that happens in this section a lot. But a lot of the things that happened to make things go terrible were, like, unfortunate coincidences. Like, mm-hmm. the first one, I think, was, like, if the president hadn't come up, if Julia hadn't actually made it up there, I don't think there would have been somebody trying, at least not at that time, trying to get power. Like, I think they would have stuck together for longer. And you have the, like, Ymir expedition coming which I think the success of that would have like cemented everybody together in a big piecrete, you know, ice thing. But, right. and so like the fact that Julia made it up there to shake things up when she did was like a unfortunate like event that happened. And then the other one that is just like such a bummer was the fact that they were like sabotaging the hot rock identification system for the bolides coming in they were sabotaging that at the same time that there was actually one coming in like that if that hadn't have been happening then like things i think would have also gone much better but like these like coincidences that are happening i think do have significant impact on like the overall like how things are going like i i think it wouldn't have gone so badly if some of these things hadn't have happened. Sure, sure. I I have two things that I want to say here. Mm-hmm. Number one, that, that we might come back to, because <laughs> since you mentioned we're going to be talking about Julia for a while. Oh, yeah. This whole, like, was just so deeply frustrating. Uh, we'll talk about that probably more in a second. Yes. But the other thing... The the Arkies have gone through like two years of training or so. And what's interesting to me that I think might have been an oversight is it seems like they are being trained in like science and the like space related technology and all of that stuff. But they're not being really like talked to for 
like decision making, which I understand, like, right, everyone, the other people have more experience, so it makes sense. But if that's the case, like, maybe we should have spent more time during that year, like, on, on, like, making them part of a team. You know what I mean? Rather than, like, exclusively focusing on understanding the, like, orbital mechanics, maybe we should have spent a lot of time making sure that the society wouldn't, like, break up like this. Right. We spent way too long teaching them how to manually pilot an arclet ship and not nearly long enough sending them a questionnaire that was like, hey, in this scenario, what would you do? Crazy, right? Or like doing some team building exercises. Maybe you pull out the giant parachute. You right. you get a bunch of people all, all around the edges and you lift it up and you have somebody run underneath mm-hmm. and you have a whole lot of fun and you bond Very as cool. a big group. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely missed out on that. I think they just kind of expected it to all work out. They were like, yeah, everybody's going to have such a hard time that they're all going to be like, we got to stick together, Rise. We got to stick together, guys. Am I right? This would be crazy to try and have a a big fight right now with only like a thousand of us. It would be crazy. It would be absolutely batshit insane, Julia. You're fucking terrible. Okay. Julia, what do you want? Julia, you just want to cause a rift. You just like want to cause a division. And then you're like, I can be a part. I can be the head of this division. And it's like, for what reason? There's like a thousand people up there. Also, like what? You don't get extra resources. No, it's not like. Oh, my God. And like, who even fucking cares if you do? Like, those extra resources are like, uh, yeah, I get to have a little bit more bourbon. Like, dude. That we stored a lot of. That we stored a good amount of, it sounds like. Uh, the, the thing that perfectly encapsulates my problem with Julia was a scene that started with this story about Camilla, who is this, like, refugee, essentially, who was, like, a woman who is going to school and getting attacked for it. And this beautiful story about how she like persisted and traveled around was like a speaker for girls going to school. And then, so she was sent up to be a part of this new society. Uh, And Julia gets up there and has Camilla doing her fucking nails. At one point, Doob recognizes that she has got manicured nails, and we as readers learn Camilla is doing them. What the fuck? This is, like, so absurd, guys. Like, you're the pre- Like, first off, side sidebar, nail polish in space, what the fuck? That's not- that's a no-go. <laughs> that stuff is in the ventilation system. It's getting everywhere. Everybody hates it. And right. it's getting, like, st- imagine spilling it. Yeah, everybody's yeah. going to fucking hate you. Okay, that's also, like a... you have, like, acetone up there to take it off? Like, who's packing acetone specifically for nail polish? And imagine all the flakes of it that are coming off as they're, like, chipping off of you. Like, it's just fucking terrible. What, what are you <laughs> doing? So that's one thing where the president clearly doesn't understand the practical implications of what she's even doing. Like, she doesn't even really get what is going on up there. And then on top of that, she has, like, I'm sure she's convinced 
Camilla to do this. Like, I doubt she's been like, you're going to be my nail girl now. But the fact that she has taken this person who was like set up to be this icon of like women empowerment and she has been like used her position as the former president of a country that burned alive to be like, hey, do you want to do our nails? And also Camilla, it sounds like, doesn't have her nails done because we probably would have heard about that. So she's just letting Camilla do her nails while she destroys this society for no fucking reason. It killed me when I read about this. (laughs) I was so fucking mad. I, yeah, I definitely, I was too. It was so, I think, I think it was just frustrating for me. Like, obviously I was really mad at her, but it was just so frustrating because it was like, what is the point of this? What are you trying to do? I don't get it. Like, you don't have any skills that are applicable here. Just like sit in your bunk and read. Well, and the thing is, she actually like does have skills that would be useful. It's just she decides she wants that power for herself. Like, she has the skills of, like, kind of weaving a narrative, of convincing people of something. Could be used to bind everybody together to be like, hey, we got to sacrifice. We got to really tighten our belts and, like, figure this out. Instead, she's like, uh, fuck the G-pop. We're going to do our own thing and I'm going to be queen. And uh, Louisa at one point is like, yeah, we don't really know why she's doing this. Uh, She's clearly a little bit narcissistic, but I can't diagnose her with that. Uh, I think she's just doing it because she's like, she's getting power whatever way she can. But like, God, it was so frustrating, dude. And I think it's one thing that she is like doing this weird kind of propaganda campaign with the Arklets to get them to do what she wants. But it's kind of insane that so many people decided to go with her. That's the part that I'm most frustrated about is like how many of these arclets she convinces to leave with her when like she does not have any technical knowledge, literally zero. And you're like, I I think her plan is the one. I could definitely understand getting like a few people like this Mars mission but, totally seems viable. Like that to me sounded so legit. Like, yeah, I'll bet you could convince that many people to do this for sure. I I came off. I think you said this earlier in this episode. My take on this is that it's very uh, like patronizing to the young population here because mm. she splits off like so many people that are all among the Arkies who were like, I don't know, 18 or 19 or whatever. And it very much paints people of that age in like a certain light that like with it's some examples is fair. Right. Right. But I feel like it's kind of a, uh, uh, kind of a misrepresentation of how people would take this. I think. I think that's for sure. True. I think, I mean, it's clearly, it's trying to say something about, like, social media and the influence that that can have and, like, shaping a narrative and how that can influence people. And so, to a certain extent, like, we have seen that. I think that that's true. You can convince a lot of perfectly reasonable people of something that's, like, crazy uh, if you just are, if that's the only information they're getting. 
But it has to mean that the like G-pop was doing such a bad job of communicating to the Arkies that Julia's data was like the only thing that was getting onto the network. Because there's like theoretically free communication between both of them. And so right. like, and you've got Doob in the G-pop who is like your go-to science communicator who could have easily made a fucking video to be like, hey, everybody, here's the plan and here's why we're doing it. But like, I, right, that's been what he's been doing for the past however many years. Right. Like specifically. Right, exactly. And so like, I think there could be a component here where like the information that's getting out is really only coming from Julia because the people in G-pop are too busy trying to solve all the other problems. But you also have to think about the fact that a lot of these people are not from the United States. And I imagine a lot of these people coming from other countries than the U.S. are going to be like, uh, I kind of hate the U.S. Like, I was actually thinking, my first thought when she comes up, I was expecting most of the people to be like, fuck you. <laughs> right. Exactly. That was my biggest thing about this. Like, was how quickly people accepted her aboard when we, everybody knew that the leaders weren't supposed to come. Like, everybody was aware of this, and that was the agreement, and that seems fair. So, like, the fact that you're up here with a printed-off flag that you're waving around in my face, get out the airlock. I'm pushing you out the <laughs> airlock. Why did your printer not have cyan? <laughs> Also, classic American president to bring a gun. You're the only one with a gun. <laughs> Fuck you. Get out of here. We finally escaped. We finally escaped gun. And you were like, haha, just kidding. <laughs> Second Amendment in space, baby. Uh, uh. I, the fact that, oh my God, I just hate, I hate Julia so fucking much. <laughs> I think I think that's fair. She ruined so much. She ruined she so did. much. Ah, oh. yeah, man, yeah. Okay, I want to I want to go off Julia for a minute. <laughs> Let's calm us down. Oh. I just want to say again something similar to what I said last episode. Mm -hmm. The technical details and explanations for these, like, events that happen are i don't have the scientific knowledge in this topic to be like oh that's super cool and like awesome that he like correctly went in there i'm just going to assume that everything he says is correct um oh a scarf cool, nozzle I think. oh hell yeah <laughs> you're talking about a scarf nozzle the the example that i have is the explanation for like the fuel rod exploding and all the contamination getting out was so detailed. I'm normally not super into like these kind of detailed explanations, but this one was so like well thought out mm -hmm. that I was I was pretty into it. Yeah, I also appreciate a lot of the technical discussion that's about what's happening. Some of it I I've kind of skim because I, I have a hard time mm. picturing a lot of the like orbits and like spatial things that they're doing, even when it's described in pretty vivid detail um 
a lot of that stuff I skim. I get it. It's tense. They have to do something outside in the space, but I don't really know exactly what it looks like. Um, right. But the descriptions of like the, yeah, the reactor and how that worked, the like reshaping mm-hmm. of the ice and all that. Very cool. Yeah. I, th- I think this book does a good job there with the technical aspect. Like I appreciate it as well. The one thing that I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out, are they repeating certain things? Like is Neil t- do it giving technical description more than one time because it's kind of complicated and he wants to remind us of what it is. I feel like some of these descriptions we've read a different version previously. And I, off the top of my head, I don't have one in mind, but sometimes it feels like something is explained twice i i feel like that's probably true i will say i skim a lot of them like you too (laughs) um but i i i do think that there's a lot of like i don't know if it's specifically saying the same thing in like different words necessarily but a lot of like general overlap Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for different things which is probably why this section is so long. <laughs> right, right. But I, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a problem because some of the technical stuff is like mm-hmm. kind of hard to, to figure out what's going on. So it's appreciated, right. I think. Um, yeah. yeah. There, I don't think that there's any like technical details that I'm like, I wonder how that happened. Mm, yeah, I can't think of any. T- tough look for our guy, Sean, who saves the human race. Uh, tough look for him bleeding to death out of his butthole <laughs> yeah did we need to include that in our report we could have just been <laughs> Give like him some dignity we could have just been like he bled to death clearly he had some kind of uh like fallout flea inside of him that caused him to bleed um yeah end of report we don't need a full autopsy uh he probably ate it very 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 heroic ending for sean the greatest human being that's ever lived yeah he seems to have done a lot of good for us uh which i appreciate and it sounds like without him this whole thing would have totally collapsed within uh three years guys yeah not a long time to last i would say like we're missing our goal here by a few thousand years (laughs) i will say (laughs) sean correctly diagnoses this as bullshit when he's like yeah this isn't fucking gonna work oh yeah within a few pages i was like oh yeah he was totally right they're like using fuel every day (laughs) we went we went from 1500 people to like 50 people within three years not well and even now, after they did the the new maneuver that they were working on, the, we were down to eight. We started with 1,500. Guys, I think we might have done a bad job. We're, <laughs> we're moving to avoid things every day. <laughs> and there's a lot. Our fuel supplies have to last for 5,000 years. This is not correct. This is why, like, honestly, this is why I somewhat understand the, like, Arky's point where they're like, we got to fucking get out of this zone. Mm-hmm. 
because they like didn't die from inevitable things i don't think well i think there are still i don't think that they're orbit took them outside of the moon like i think they were still potentially gonna have to avoid boloids bolids whatever however you pronounce those things i think they were still gonna have to do that and so there was still gonna be fuel expenditure also anytime you wanted to transfer materials between arclets you're gonna have to use fuel like there is no conceivable universe where the fuel they brought up would last 5,000 years, right? Like, it just wasn't going to work. Um, and so while they made the Arklets might have survived a little bit longer than if they had been down in the Boloid zone, uh, they still weren't making it the distance. They still right. weren't going the distance. I think we might have done a kind of a bad job without Sean helping us out. Sean, really showing how much one person can do. Yeah, Sean MVP, um, Julia, opposite of that. <laughs> Julia LVP, Sean MVP. Um, but then we hear we hear about the big ride, which uh, I'm surprised we're just hearing about because it sounds like the only viable option. But pretty good. Yeah, sounds pretty like exciting. Sounds like it worked out, guys pretty good spot we've got here in this little canyon gonna hang out for a while um a little while like five thousand years <laughs> a little while we stopped at a very good spot here mm -hmm. i think um because i think we're about to get a, a time jump yes i love a time jump yes do you want to talk about the wildest decision of all time for a moment Ooh um yeah sure we're going to like edit the genome of each person separately and like keep them separate what are you doing <laughs> uh yeah well, I, I don't know what you're talking about luke we have to maintain insanity to do this luke we've got to, to maintain... do this with like a 10 minute conversation Luke, we, uh, you know, we've got to keep the human race around and uh, we need, we need really smart people. And trust me, we know the genes to make people smart. That's super <laughs> clear. We've known that forever. It's just the PC police will get on our case if we talk about it. It is frustrating. Um, hero gene, clearly right there. Hero gene, aggression gene, um great nose everyone gene. knows everyone knows aggression means hero mm -hmm. or synonyms mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, boy band gene we're gonna need that one turned on for some of our some of our colonists yeah we it's have just we have all these genes figured out luke it's just a matter of turning them on <laughs> okay setting aside the like feasibility of this mm -hmm. for a moment the unintended consequences of doing this are so insane and so broad and unthinkable that, like, to just do it, <laughs> to be like, like, I think that the scene where uh, Dina, like, puts the little time limit on them is 
cool. Yeah, it's a cool scene for, for her sure. to do this. Yeah, but it's like, no, this is like kind of an important conversation. <laughs> this might be one of the most important decisions that we make, and you have given us a ten minute time limit to make this decision. Just, just don't do it. Like, I sure, like maybe okay, you can edit out the genetic diseases. I like don't even really think that that's a good idea because uh, the unintended consequences are absurd. Don't do random genes and then separate each other. <laughs> so ridiculous. Like, uh, Adia, the the cannibal yeah, girl, yeah, yeah. is so on point. Which we need to get back to, but but we'll keep going okay. with this discussion. She She's like, yeah, you guys are going to like relegate my offspring pretty clearly. Uh... <laughs> forever and they're like yeah it's fine don't worry about it yeah it's okay it's gonna be cool we're gonna make them superheroes and you're we gotta have super villains right you gotta have super villains if you're gonna have super balance mm-hmm. it's about balance that's how to keep balance. the humans happy and successful yeah that's really wild to me it's also wild how all these men are like keeping the women around because they need the wombs essentially. And that's, that's it. Which side note, we figured out how to like do all this space stuff, but we can't make a fake womb to grow some babies in. Like, it's just a warm fluid sack guys. It's just, if they did it in the matrix, it can't be that hard. Y'all. Yeah. So like, ah, come on. I feel like having some artificial wombs would have been, would have been a good move yeah yeah i mean regardless we've got our eight women why weren't they having all the dudes jacking off constantly like you said if we'd have known this had happened we would have just like had all the dudes constantly jerking it to make a lot of sperm for us to use and i get i get that moira's like we don't actually even need sperm but it would have been helpful Sure, yeah. Right? You wouldn't even have to have this. If you had, like, a huge sperm bank, you wouldn't even have to have this discussion about, like, well, we need to edit out those genes so we don't have these problematic things showing up in later generations. You'd just be like, we need to find a different sperm donor. We could take two sperms and mix them together, and then we've even got, like, if we can edit genes this way... We can make a baby out of two sperms. And then just like... Yeah. Do, like, y- y'all. Uh, have a... Uh, and it's not even that hard <laughs> to keep a bunch of sperm around. Okay? That's true. Yeah, you're in... I mean, you've got the the biggest freezer in the world. Right. Just have like... In the, in the universe, some are saying. Have like the outside of your whole spaceship just covered in space junk. You know, just, you know, hey, dude, you got to make your spacewalk today. And dude's like, Haha, all right. <laughs> yeah, you can call it something different. Something cool. Yeah. I don't know. Just like have them blasting off onto the outside of the spaceship and then have a robot go around and scrape it up when you need it. Sure. I mean, the solution is here, Luke. They just didn't think about it. I don't think they thought creatively enough they were too busy coming up with the ice crystal 
ship and thinking how cool that would sound. It was very cool. Which it, it was very cool. That's true. Yeah. Okay, I do want to keep talking about this last chapter where they decide the fate of humanity and decide that genetic engineering is the way to go. But before we get there, there's a small little detail that I think this might be a hot take. But like, why are we so anti-cannibalism, guys? Mm, I actually totally agree. Like, okay, I get it. In our world, kind of a problem. Like, we don't really, we don't really love that as a look. <laughs> kind of a problem. But we're literally like trying to keep the human species from perishing. We're, we're willing to send up thousands of people into space to keep human like humans going and we're gonna turn our nose up at somebody eating a human what why guys what are what are we clinging to that we're like uh that's not cool especially you like you need to work with them right let's 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 build like make a framework such that those people can come back to polite society instead of demonizing them why you know what i mean why is cannibalism suddenly impolite (laughs) we're like uh, uh, we're in space there's like 30 of us left alive and we're very hungry there's a dead body right over there it's full dube says dube's like yeah it's full of nutrients and like I, you could eat it for sure. If you're if you're in this like group mm-hmm. and you don't say like yeah if I die you should eat me that's irresponsible. Oh okay, for sure. Like absolutely one hundred percent. Everybody on board should be like, hey, you all know the protocol, right? If I die, go ahead and just go to town on me. Just like really go go crazy because like you know this is. The, la- the last thing I can do to help the human race survive is to just offer it my should, body. Honestly, honestly, should have been the, should have been the policy from day zero. It should have been at the Crater Lake conference. They should have been like, all right, so uh, rule number thirty-four: no president is going to go. Everybody gets eaten. Rule number thirty-five: if you die, and you're up there, eh, they're going to have a meal out of you. It should be a it should be a crime to waste someone. Imagine all the people who died, if they could look at them now being like, oh, you ate a dead person. And they're like all starving to death. If I'm one of those dead people who is like, thought I was going to save humanity by sending up a bunch of rockets. I'm like, eat the people. Yeah. Eat them. Eat the people. You're running out of fuel. Throw them in the, throw them in the rocket engine. They'll burn. I'm assuming. They'll burn. (laughs) This might be callous, but... It's a waste. I you don't have room for sentimentality up here. I think it's that's so true. Like I get well, okay, here's the thing though. Being a cannibal doesn't even make you a bad like objectively bad person. Murdering someone objectively wrong. Like for sure don't do that. If you do that, we can ostracize you and call you a bad person. If you just eat somebody because they're dead and you're hungry, who gives a shit? Because, like, what what is the moral compass we're even using at this point? Like, are we gonna pit, are we gonna be pissed that all these women are having children out of wedlock too? Like, what, guys? Why is she the bad guy all of a sudden? Okay, 
I get it that she like tried to do a coup and kill people to take control. That's one thing. But to say that she's a cannibal and so there you have to be upset at her for that, like, e- oh, why, guys? Right. right. The, okay. The the whole point she does the the coup thing is because she's like, they're never gonna like accept us. Here's what you do. Here's like, you know that this is gonna be a thing. Uh, when when they first have their little meeting, like, have you guys been surviving? Oh, we've been eating people. Like, cool. How does it? That's fine. Like, I thought you were going to say, how does it taste? <laughs> I had thought about it. Uh, <laughs> Should we try it? Like, normalize it. You need to normalize it. Right. Exactly. Because we're leaving Earth. Earth is dead. Earth is gone. We're now in space. And in it's space, a resource. it's a resource. A dead body is a resource in space. It's not on Earth anymore. It's a it's a big carcass now. Like, it got shipped up there. So you might as well use it. Yeah. Like, I... This whole... Th- like, so much of this could have been avoided. And she's even, like, now self-conscious about the fact that everybody hates her because she's a cannibal. And, like, if I... Like... In my mind, the one everybody should hate is Julia. Like, Julia is the bad guy. And so why are we not making Julia out to be the one who's just terrible and her offspring are going to be the ones that everybody hates? Like, what are we doing? Who cares who hates Julia? Julia in this situation comes across as the now, like, reasonable one. And it's like, she was, like, leading them and just, like, up there... Uh, hoping for things and like dreaming and then adia leads a group that's like you know we have to be realistic i i really hope honestly this last section we're getting a time jump i hope adia's group is like the the like top dog and everyone's like tam they were smart <laughs> they ate people we should have tried it mm. <laughs> would have been way better yeah, I I'm very interested in this time jump. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm very interested to see what what we get at the end of because it looks like it's 5000 years in the future. It looks like it's at the end of the hard rain is what we're going to get. And yeah. I'm very interested to see if if these things they even talked about happen, like if if there are these different groups that get set up based on each of the women who have children or if all their genetic meddling even does anything, <laughs> right? They're all trying to talk about how like, oh yeah, we can make these cool super babies with our gene editing. Like maybe, but I'm excited to see if it does or not. Like if everyone's just like, yeah, yeah. they tried to do this stuff. Some babies had like three feet. And so they stopped and kind of went back to the other process. Just the normal stuff. I really, really quick. I really love uh, when Moira is like, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, scour the literature and get back to you. And it's like, what are you going to like go through like Google Scholar? What are you going to, what are you going to search? Like, we don't have time for this. Yeah, just like start off with the normal ones. Then like if you figure it out later, maybe we can do it. 
Right. We don't need the perfect children as the first ones to come out. Like we need to start making these things now. Do you know how long it takes to raise a baby? Like it takes a while, guys. And do you know how many diapers they packed in those vitamins? Not enough. Not enough. Yeah, the the Moira thing, like, hmm. It's going to be very curious to see what happens in 5,000 years because it got kind of eugenics-y at the end here where they're like identifying certain races of people as having better traits than others. And it's like, oh, there's a reason we kind of stopped talking like that, Uh, guys. It's just you didn't have to you don't have to bring it up. You don't have to do it. Right. It's also like what like if it was in the literature and it was true, like there were other people researching this before you Moira was like, I'll just check and find the genes that are associated with being smart. And you know why we don't have a consensus about that today where everyone is like, oh, yeah, there's like smart genes for sure is because there isn't like that doesn't exist. Like that's not a thing that we have found and been like, oh, yeah, so there's a smart gene actually. <laughs> it's pretty good it's just one it's just, just one, one gene uh, it's actually an a instead of a g so hmm. who'd have pretty thought wild. yeah i it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting to see the other thing that i think is also very interesting about this is like five thousand years in the future is a very long time and like we're not even really saving humanity like it's it, in my mind it's like the equivalent of like moles deciding that in order to save or like chimpanzees deciding that they need to go in hiding and then humans coming out and the chimpanzees being like oh nice it worked like the people who sent the space expedition will not recognize the people that are like coming out at the end of 5,000 years. They're like very low gravity. There's like a completely different situation. They're doing genetic modifications of people. Like the thing that's gonna come out is not what you've put in, guys. Right. I Yeah, I am interested to see how much of like those kinds of changes he puts in there. Are we all blind? That Moira puts in there? No, 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 the, the author, like. Oh yes, that Are they Neil just gonna be in. normal humans with like the the smart trait or are they going to be like wild looking well it's also like um in do you remember hyperion with the race of people that had like grown up in zero g like i wonder (laughs) if we're going to have some really weird like body changes that happen with these things too because like in a zero g environment the human body does not do very well and like there's can't wait to hear about the sports about the sports yeah about the sports we got we got a quidditch now Ooh. oh they definitely sent up a copy of harry potter sure yeah of course are they doing quidditch in there i think they might be luke they send them up they send them out of the airlock with a, a diet coke and some mentos and just a regular broom with like a, the coke duct taped to the bottom and they're like, when you need a boost, pop in some Mentos. Pop in a couple Mentos. And you just fly around. Watch out for the snitch. 
It's a it's a radioactive fallout flea that we threw out in there. <laughs> it's a, it actually can't control. Well, actually, no, it's a drone, right? Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's a drone. Okay, we're good. <laughs> this is going to be the next chapter and everything. It's going to be obsolete, so... Uh, I'm excited for it, though. I'm excited to see what happens 5,000 years in the future. I The last chapter we read, pretty awkward. Luke. Mm-hmm. Pretty awkward. Especially because I thought I was going to wrap up here, but we're not going to wrap up here. I got one more thing to say. <laughs> pretty awkward because you can't, like, really punish anybody. Like, you have to work with everybody because there's, like, eight of you alive. Right. And so you can't even be like, hey, you tried to kill us all, so we're going to get out of here. Please, please leave. We don't want you around. You have to just, like, deal with everybody. So pretty uncomfortable, that that last discussion that they're all having. Right. Hopefully they do some team bonding exercises that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to have him break out the big parachute. Maybe play a little dodgeball. Luckily, ball. Luisa's there, I will say, neglecting her duty so far. <laughs> what, what, what duty is that? Is that Luke? She's the, like, she's the expert on, like, psychology yeah. and Oh, man. You're right. She's the person. camp like, counselor. Where have you been? She's the camp counselor who has been, like, making out with the other camp counselor all the whole right. time and it's like, okay we were gonna wrap up but one second though because <laughs> <laughs> they go through this whole julia thing and Luis is like yeah probably like a narcissist yeah i don't know if it's gonna work <laughs> and everyone's like okay sure we'll just we'll just leave it alone then i guess it's like yeah sure i don't i don't know i don't know why i'm here what are you doing? <laughs> hey, this is your this is the purpose. This is the reason that you're here. Hey, Louisa, can you maybe go talk to her and see what's going on? Like maybe she's got some grief that she hasn't processed and is coming out in this weird rebellion that she's trying to start. Can you just like go give her a chat, make sure she's okay? Oh yeah, you, cuz you're not doing anything else, right? Because you have no experience with like orbital mechanics or anything like that. So it's literally just making sure everybody's cool. Oh, right. you can't. Right. Oh, you can, you can make you can make sure like we're cool, but not like the people that are actually gonna cause issues. Sure. Yeah. Good. 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 Well, I'm glad we feel good about this situation. Cool. Cool. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's rough. It's rough for for Louisa, huh? And she's got her work cut out for her. Y- you also know she's gonna get kind of burdened with a lot of the child rearing right Mm. Mm -hmm. because the everyone else has an excuse like i am currently pregnant again so like i am not changing another damn diaper i just am not gonna do it because i'm just a balloon right now and i'm tired and i really want pickles but we didn't bring any oh problem that's tough honestly it's probably the worst part yeah so as we said we're excited about this time jump we're excited about this time jump neil has set up quite a few interesting ideas 
for what 5,000 years in the future looks like, Luke. But I know what next week looks like. It looks like another hour of hot takes. And us being dumb nerds. <laughs> <laughs>